welcome to Design and Build Happiness, the podcast to show homeowners the secret of creating your aspirational extension or renovation project to make sure the end result is customised to your lifestyle, personality and taste. Secret number one, homes that are customised to you create happiness every single day. Now, each month we talk to a different design and build expert about their product or service so we can demystify technical terms, we can extract lessons learnt and obtain industry secrets so you can make sure you get exactly what you want and need for your dream home upgrade while not being caught out and making common mistakes, which frankly happen in most upgrade projects. Now, this is a slightly different episode as I'm answering a question from Claire in Putney Now, she asks, Abby, I don't have enough storage in my flat. I have built in as much as possible. I've got fitted wardrobes in every bedroom, extra cupboards in the kitchen. I've even put storage in the corridor, which honestly makes it a bit small to walk along. But I have stuff everywhere. Each surface has clutter and I don't seem to have anywhere to put anything. Can you help design and build some organisation for me? Thank you for asking this question, Claire, as I think you are talking to so many of our listeners. You want to love your home, but you have too much stuff and you've run out of space to store it all. Well, I'm the queen of construction. So in this episode, I'm going to give you advice from almost two decades of working with people who have a lot of stuff and not enough space to store it. Now, before I go into this, let me introduce myself. I'm Abigail Hall. I'm known as the Queen of Construction, and I design and build happiness for wealthy homeowners and demanding developers. For over 15 years, I've been delivering high-end and historic renovations and brand new extensions, including some very innovative and sexy functions and finishes. Over time, I've learned how to translate these billionaires' build secrets into my own humble home. I've become an expert on how to design and build essential functions and finishes to deliver real happiness in your home. And I share those secrets through this podcast. Now, in every intro, I say, I've learned how to translate industry secrets into my own home. Well, let me tell you my story so you'll know this isn't just builder's bullshit. I've lived and worked in many places and acquired wonderful pieces of artwork, furniture, books, so many books, uh, not to mention clothes, shoes, and oh my God, just so much stuff over the last two decades. This was basically fine because as I moved, I was kind of moving into larger and larger properties, starting in a one-bedroom flat, into a terraced house in Birmingham, then a sprawling bungalow in Mauritius, then a large double storey house in Mauritius, and then suddenly a 60 square metre rental flat in London. The flat was the size of the living room from the previous house. The whole flat, two beds, two bathrooms, a kitchen and living room, fit into a space I previously had a sofa and a dining table. So I had to get real about design and building my happiness in my own home. I read all the books about home organisation. And I really do love Marie Kondo. She helped me realise I was holding on to a lot of things, which genuinely didn't bring me joy. But wow, the process of letting go was hard work. 
Now, I've run that process over and over, and I, I honestly feel more in control. Listen, I'm, I'm no minimalist. Anyone who's seen my Insta will attest to this. But I didn't have a definitive plan or a step-by-step process to tell my clients. All I would say is, yeah, this is going to be hard work for you. So when I heard about Dana White's book, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, I had to know more. My personal journey of moving from Mauritius into this tiny, tiny flat in London coincided with a shift in my practice. I was running an international consultancy, overseeing and advising on the design and build of extensions and new homes. All of my clients needed more and more storage and I was easily able to build it in. New extension, boom, problem solved. Fundamentally reconfiguring your space, going up into roofs or excavating basements. There you go, storage city. But just like Claire, who found me through Ask Abby on YouTube, I started having more and more clients who were coming to me and asking for help with designing and building in organisation into their home, when what they really needed help with was decluttering. Now, I wish I had a copy of Dana's book when I moved from that big house into that little, little flat, because I came up with my own method and ways of doing this. But Dana's advice is so clear and succinct, and this is what I'm going to share with you. Right, guys, we're going to start with an assumption. And that is you, like me, want to feel happy, relaxed and content in your home. And a part of feeling happy is that you aren't constantly surrounded by piles of junk which don't seem to have a home. Or there is space for them, but that space is full. So they're being kind of temporarily kept on a surface or in a corner until you have time and energy to do something about them. But it's somehow been six months and that time and energy opportunity has never occurred. Oh, recognise that? Yep, I'm guilty of that. So let's start with a reminder. A builder will always be able to say, there's a corner there. I can give you more storage or we can change your hanging into shelves and fit more in. Or I can add loads of shelving into your garage. You can't store your car, but all those things that you've bought from the middle aisle of Lidl, they can go in there. They will charge you to build in more and more storage, but it won't create the home you desire. It won't create a home that makes you happy. But I'm the queen of construction and I'm going to tell you that in my experience, it's never enough. Unless you are tackling the source of the issue, you are going to spend money, but you are not going to get the outcome you desire. Now, what's best about the advice in today's podcast, the advice I'm giving Claire and the advice I'm giving you, it's free to do. You can do this before you engage the queen of construction and commission a load of bespoke storage. Hell, you might do this and then not need to commission the builder because you've tackled the root cause of the problem. So let's go back to Claire. She's living in a flat and it's full, full, full. She's admitted that. She's saying she wants organisation, but in fact, what Claire needs is decluttering. Now, Dana says decluttering is everything. It makes your house look better and feel better. But what is the difference between decluttering and organisation? 
she says that in most people's mind, when you say decluttering, they think about those beautiful Pinterest images where you've got those bins or shelves or boxes and they're colour coded with the tab and the beautiful label on it. And you go and you think, that's what I need. I'm going to go and buy all the containers and you go to Ikea or a craft centre. But frankly, it doesn't solve the issue. So here is what Dana tells us. She says that we all have a different clutter threshold, that we bring things into our home because we want them. And we thought it was a good idea to bring it into your house. But if those things you're bringing into your home, the things that are already in your home are making you feel overwhelmed, then you are over your clutter threshold. This is a personal choice. This is not about aesthetics. The only way you can find the right level for you is to get rid of things until you find that line of your clutter threshold where you are not feeling overwhelmed. Does this resonate with you? Have you ever spent six hours emptying your wardrobe and you change all the hangers so the clothes look neat and you have those clear boxes that you put your shoes into and then you try and put everything back into the wardrobe but you kind of got too much and actually there wasn't enough room for boxes for all the shoes so you've doubled up and put two pairs in some boxes and if you're like me you bring the boxes forward a bit so there's a bit of void between the back of the wardrobe and the boxes and you tuck some shoes in there yeah that's not organization that shows a need to declutter and actually you feel that overwhelmed i've gone over my clutter threshold so the only way to find your clutter threshold is by decluttering if you're feeling overwhelmed you are over your clutter threshold if you're feeling sad you are over your clutter threshold if you're feeling overwhelmed you have too many things. You have to start with decluttering. So Dana's wisdom, the less stuff you have, the less stuff that will pile up. And I understand the desire of my clients to feel less overwhelmed in their home. I design happiness every day. And part of that is creating a space that people feel joyous and they feel relaxed. And the link to clutter is a really significant one. They attribute having a home that is pretty and where chairs can be sat on because there's just a beautiful cushion or a lovely cashmere throw across the arm. That's what they want, not a pile of sports bags. Dana plays out a great scenario and I'm going to see if this resonates with you. She thinks about her friend's craft zone in the house and she thinks her friend's craft zone just looks amazing. Dana's got a craft zone in her house and it's an absolute disaster. So she thinks, what do I need to do to change? She thinks about her friend's craft zone and they have got a red bucket for her crayons. So she's thinking, okay, so my crayons aren't in a red bucket. That's what I need to do. So down to the shop, buy a red bucket, fill it up. But oh wait, Dana's got like 700 crayons left over. Okay, So she goes and buys two more red buckets. Then she puts the red buckets on the shelf, but the shelf doesn't fit three buckets. Oh, this is so hard. Okay, so she goes and buys more shelves. But soon enough, there's no more room for shelves. And then the only solution is to get a bigger room or a bigger house. But she can't afford a new house. Okay, so she feels that's it. I'm just doomed to be disorganised. 
And this is the summary in her brain. She's telling herself that her house is too small, that she's doomed to be disorganised. And this is the game changer. Dana thought about the container. She thought about the red bucket and she realises it's not a thing that you put something in. It contains the item. It creates a boundary for the item, like containing a fire. Therefore, it limits the storage. Now, this is a complete shift. And I'm going to be honest, guys, when I first heard this, I had to really think on this. I was like, what? It's, yeah, it's a container. Of course, it's a container. It's in the name. But actually, what she's saying is, if you put your favourite things in first and let the container make a decision for you, put your favourite things in first. In this example, you put your favourite crayons in first. If there's 700 left over, well, the container has made the decision of how many it can hold. Therefore, it's telling you how many things do you need to declutter. The container is telling you what the limit is. You don't have to make that decision yourself. Now, in her scenario, the shelf was also a container. It limits the amount of buckets that can be put on it. The room is a container. It limits the number of shelves. And the size of the house is the size of the house. The house is a container. And this is what she says. You can keep anything, but you can't keep everything. You can keep anything, but you can't keep everything. This, when the penny dropped for me about this, it answered everything. It answered every challenge where I couldn't fit more storage in for someone because actually they had more stuff than there was space. It wasn't about being innovative. It wasn't about high up shelves, ladder access, tucking stuff under beds. It's not you. It's the container. The container limits the amount of stuff. If this is speaking to you and you're seeing a similarity to Dana, let's go through the five steps she outlines in her book. How to manage your home without losing your mind. Now, she recommends starting in a space which is visible to people. For example, an entrance hall, the kitchen maybe. She says you do this because you want to see progress. If you choose your wardrobe or your pantry, an out of the way space, you might spend six hours decluttering it and then have someone come round. They ask you what you've been doing today. Oh, I spent six hours decluttering. And they look around that space, that visible space and kind of go, oh, really? I mean, how demoralising? That's that's horrible. So if you start somewhere that you can get that instant feedback, that's going to keep giving you that dopamine hit of, yes, this is working for me. This is looking good. The second thing she talks about, and this we're, we're going to go into the steps in a second. This is setting the scene. She says the mindset for this, when you're thinking about decluttering, you're not aiming for a Pinterest worthy, Instagram worthy architectural digest picture. Your mindset is I want to make this space better. Therefore, if you do just one step, just one element within one step, you have achieved something. Decluttering is about removing items. So you remove one thing and you are closer to your goal. So your mantra going into this, I want to make this space better. 
Now we're into the steps. There's five steps. They're super simple. We're going to go through each one. Number one, she says, get a rubbish bag. Now she thinks it should be opaque. So there's no naughty chance of you having a peek inside and trying to nick something from it. Because she knows if you're decluttering, you've probably got the tendency to do this. She says, start with rubbish. I'm talking about that you put out of your house once a week, twice a week, however frequently your bin collection is. Now, she says the reason you start with rubbish is because it's about getting some movement. And rubbish should be something that you know it's rubbish. A sweet wrapper, a crisp wrapper, something that's balled up, that was uh, drawn on with a crayon and chucked in the side. You, You don't need to think about it. It's easy. The reason we start here is we want to get the brain ready for the next steps. If you have to think about it, skip it and move on to the next item. So step number one, start clearing rubbish. Step number two, she calls this the easy stuff. This is something that you pick up and it's already got an established home. Don't analyse. Don't go, why is this in the downstairs, Lou? Hold it in your hands. Take it straight to where it's supposed to be. So you find a spoon in your hallway. Don't worry about it. Walk that spoon straight into your kitchen. This is not putting it in a box, putting it aside to do later. Carry it in your hand. Do it right now. Keep repeating that with the easy stuff. That's the stuff that you know where it should go. Step number three is donations. The brilliant thing about this step is Dana says, make the box or the bag something that can be donated itself. So don't have a lovely cute box and you stencil donate onto the side of it. Uh, no. The reason being, you'd, A, you don't need more stuff in your house and B, if you have a box that you want to take back, chances are you'll go back through that donate box when you're emptying everything out of it and you might have a little bit of a wobble. The idea is you've made the decision, it's going in the donate box and then it goes. When it leaves your house, it's 100% donated. So at this point, you've got rid of the trash, you've rehoused the easy stuff and the donations are out the door. So three steps, three easy steps. And if your mindset is, I want to make this space better, you've already made a massive dent in decluttering in your home because you have taken out the trash, you've relocated items to locations they should be, and you've given a load of stuff to charity. You're a good person, you've given it to charity. But the next two steps are harder, and this often is where people really struggle, because if you start asking yourself all of these questions, you know, do you love it? Yeah, of course you love it, you brought it into the house in the first place. So instead of having to rely on yourself to have these really deep and meaningful questions, about the stuff that's sitting in your home, Dana came up with two questions. Now, what she's trying to get you to do with these two questions is identify if the thing that you are holding in your hand when you are decluttering a space, if it already has a home, where it should be, and she's also trying to determine if you need it at all. But it's just two questions. So you're holding an item in your hand. It's not garbage because you've already got rid of that. It's not an easy win where you can easily move it back to its home and it's not something that you wanted to donate. So you're holding it in your hand and you ask yourself, if I needed this item, where would I look 
for it first. Now, this is an instinct question. The key word is would. So it's the first drawer or cabinet that you would open if you look for something. Now, the beauty of putting something in the place where you think you would look for it is you'll naturally go there. And by the way, there is no judgment in this. So let's say the thing that you're holding in your hand is a pair of nail clippers. And when you you hold them in your hand and you're like, oh, these are always lying around. Where would I look for nail clippers? If your brain says hallway drawer, accept it. That's that's right for you. Don't think what you should do. Don't think, well, I should keep it in the bathroom because chances are you don't do that. The reality is if it lived in the hallway drawer, you might well put it back into the hallway drawer. But because you don't naturally want to put it in the bathroom, it ends up just sitting out. Use the hallway drawer. Then when you've got that answer, your nail clippers live in the hallway drawer. Go there now. Take it there straight away. Do you normally make piles? Do you think when you're going through a process, you put it aside and when you're done, you'll take that little part of the garage and that little part of the shed and that little part of the laundry? That works only in an ideal world when you have all the time in the world and where you don't get distracted by the phone ringing, by a child, by a TV programme, by a bing on your phone that tells you you were supposed to be somewhere 15 minutes ago and you're not there. Well, it never happens, right? So those piles of things that you intend to take to the garage or the shed or the laundry, just sit there and it's just, you're just moving your clutter from one location to another. That's not even organisation. That's just dead energy. So if you take the item there now, the space you are in will be better than when you started. Dana says people resist this, but if you try it, you'll find it works. Take it there right now. And she says if you get there, so if you take your nail clippers to your hallway drawer and that space is already 100% full, you're going to choose an item to remove to make space. Because something is going to leave the house if there's not space. You are going through a decluttering process. So you find out where it needs to live. Take it there. Does it fit in? If the answer is no, something else needs to go. And it might well be the thing that's sitting in your hand. Because actually, it's not that important to you. So, last. If you followed all of these steps... The last items that are left when you're decluttering is this random stuff that we all have that, again, we bought with good intentions. A lot of time it's gifted to us or maybe we inherited it. And you, frankly, when you ask yourself that question, if I needed this, where would I look for this first? If your answer is, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Well, okay, you have to be really honest with yourself. If you can't answer this, maybe you don't need it. Maybe this is something that needs to leave the house. The reason her process and these questions are so useful because it helps with the exhausting process of making value decisions of what should be gifted, what should be donated, 
what should be kept, what brings you joy, all of that is exhausting. And this process helps remove the noise and the drama of decluttering. The fact is that having clutter around you is a massive subconscious load that you're carrying around with you. And this advice is about making practical steps to help you feel calmer and more at peace. These are the feelings you want to have in your home. This is the foundation of design and building a happy home. So once you've decluttered and you've found your clutter threshold, then you can have someone like me come in and we'll make the wardrobe's door hang well. And we'll ensure that you have a light that comes on when you open it and your hangers have got the correct support and there's the right ventilation. But you've already done the hard work. So, Claire, to answer your question, my darling, I'm not going to help design and build you organisation, but I'm here to support you in your decluttering task. And when you've done that and when you found your clutter threshold, then I'm going to be there for you, designing and building happiness in your beautiful home. For more information on today's show, any links we've mentioned, including where to purchase Dana White's book, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, or to find other episodes on subjects which are essential to learn about when creating your happy home, go to the podcast page of abigailhall.co.uk, follow us on Instagram at The Queen of Construction, and please subscribe and rate this podcast as it helps other homeowners learn how to design and build their happiness. Thank you for listening. I've been Abigail Hall and this has been the Design and Build Happiness Podcast.